In the heavens we have pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming from his home. It rejoices like an athlete running a course. It rises from one end of the earth and circles to their other end. Nothing is hidden from its heat. What makes a Judeo-Christian worldview world unique among its rivals is our worship of the Creator. Other belief systems worship aspects of the creation, the sun, the moon, the stars, nature, and animals. The Old Testament law condemned, condemned among anyone sorry, who had gone to serve other gods by bowing in worship to the sun, moon, or the other stars in the sky, which I have forbidden. Deuteronomy 17 and 3. 17, 3. Such idolatry is tragic because the created universe points us to God's presence and power. In this psalm, David worshiped God for revealing his existence in the created observable world. The heavens declare the glory of God and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. God's declaration is not periodic or occasional. It continues nonstop. David said, day after day, they pour out speech. It's like coming late to a worship service. You enter the room and hear the worship already in progress. Nor is the declaration of God's presence and glory limited to one corner of his universe. Their message has gone out to the whole earth and their words to the ends of the world. The prophet Isaiah expressed the same thing in his vision as he heard these cherubim, cherubim? Seraphim. seraphim proclaim, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth, Isaiah 6 and 3. David continually saw the worship of God in the world around him. You have covered the heavens with your majesty, Psalms 8, 1. Who hasn't been awestruck at the incredible creation around us? God has never been hidden. God's general or natural revelation, that is the unveiling of himself, has been communicated since the very beginning of creation. David's use of the word declare is from the Hebrew word rendered rendered to count to make or written rec a written record. The universe is a record we read that proclaim God's existence, his power and his glory. Centuries later, Paul stood on the shoulders of David and declared, for his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse, Romans 1 and 20. Let's look at just one example, the sun. What, what, what it is about a sunrise that captures our attention. At a time when our daughter was struggling with fear, a fear that made it difficult for her to sleep, we were on a weekend trip to Galveston. My wife, Audrey, took our daughter to the beach for devotions at dawn. As they observed the glorious sunrise, Audrey walked her through the truth that God is always with her and she has nothing to fear. The sunrise is a reminder of God's presence. Our daughter was able to leave her fear on the beach. 
and she returned home assured of God's abiding presence in her life. The sun holds a central role as evidence for the creative power of God. In describing the sun, David used two emotive word pictures. The sun is like a husband rushing out of his bed after his wedding night and like a powerful runner crossing the finish line at the end of a race. These are pictures of joy and purpose. And because the sun is such a prominent feature of the creation, we see it is a bold declaration of God. We cannot hide from the sun's heat and we cannot hide from its message about God. Creation's message is limited though. We call the message the universe reveals about God, general revelation. General revelation points us to our creator, our only Jesus Christ and his special written revelation in the Bible gives us a fuller understanding of the nature and um, creation. Character. character of that creator. General revelation should be seen as a gateway, only the beginning. That means God creation, God's creation draws us in to seek him more, and that brings us to scripture, his revealed word. Okay, thank you. Notice uh, the word says, the heavens declare the glory of God. Uh, we have a, a couple of key phrases here in, in verse 1. Uh, one is the heavens, which refers to the sun, moon, stars, and in the, the sun, moon, and stars that are in the sky. And then we have glory, which refers to the beauty and the majesty of God. Uh, that which makes us uh, stand in awe of who God is. And then we have the expanse, which refers to the atmosphere, that is the clouds and the weather. And so in this phrase, the heavens declare the glory of God. In some biblical passages, the heavens refer to the place where God resides where God lives, God's residence. But here, David used the term to highlight the created bodies people see in the sky uh, when they look up. The Lord made the sun, the moon, and the stars on what day of creation? Which day? Which day? One, two, three, or four? On the fourth day. On the fourth day. God created the sun, moon, and stars. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 to 19. Uh, you see, and they have been declaring his power and majesty ever since. Long time for God's power and majesty to be declared, eh? And it will continue until Jesus returns. Uh, so God's, the heavens will always declare the glory of God. Uh, and I like to say uh, the magnificence of his handiwork. Notice, uh, God has never been hidden. When we look at uh, page uh, 31 of our study guide, so the stuff that we read. Notice it says that God has never been hidden. God doesn't play games. He doesn't play hide and seek. Okay, so he's never been hidden. The unveiling of God has been communicated since the very beginning of creation. And then David used, David's use of the word declare is from the Hebrew rendered to count or to make a written record. And then the universe is a record we read that proclaims God's existence, his power, and his majesty. And then when we look at uh, verses 2 and 4, 
2 to 4 of the verses we read, we notice that nature continually proclaims that God exists. Nowhere can you go in nature and you cannot be reminded that God exists. And then creation communicates day after day and night after night the presence and power of God without the use of words. No words. Go to the Grand Canyon. What will you say? Ooh, wow. What God has done. The Niagara Falls and all of the other places they call the natural wonders of the world. The message about God communicated through creation goes out to the ends of the earth. All right? So, you know, you kind of wonder, how could a person really even begin to think or imagine that there is no God? Mm -hmm. So, we notice that um, David used the sun as an example of God's glory, power, and presence. Good example, eh? God placed the sun where he wanted it and defined its boundaries. So the first day he made this light, that every night the sun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The sun. Okay, now notice if the, if the sun was a fraction from where it would be, where it is, guess what? Lavanas. <laughs> will be charcoal, <laughs> ashes, okay? So the sun is precisely where it's supposed to be. It's where God, God, God wants it to be, where, where, where it is. And the sun's enduring radiance is a dim reflection of the true radiance of the Lord. Think about that. The sun's enduring radiance is only a dim reflection of the radiance of the Lord. And then David compared the son to a bridegroom coming out of his bride, coming to claim his bride. The son is compared to a victorious athlete running a course. The sun rises every day demonstrating its cons- constancy. You know anything more constant than the sun? You know the sun is coming up, right? There's no doubt about it. No one and nothing escapes the sun's heat. No matter where you go, you can't escape it. If you conceal yourself, you got to come back out. Right? Wherever you go. All right? So no one and nothing escapes the sun's heat. And then God is present and active everywhere as the sun is. Okay, question number two on page 32. What generates a sense of awe in your life and points you to God? What is it? Generates a sense of awe in your life. Creation. Creation. Okay. Growth. Hmm? Growth. Okay. Growth. The underwater life. The sea life. Wow. And do you realize that there's some, there's some sea life that have not been yet discovered by man? They've, they've found that there are some creatures that are so deep in the ocean, they, they still, they're perplexed at how these creatures survive under such pressure. And some of them are just tiny creatures and some are microscopic, but 
do you realize the deeper you go into the into the ocean, the more pressure there is, right? Yes. And yet these creatures survive there. They live there. And it, it blows the mind. And the pretty colors and stuff. And the colors. Only God. To know that the fishes and the things, anyways, the fishes is one of them. Like when they, where they were born, they go back to give birth. And when they reach the destination, they pick up speed through the waters, you know, drive them off. Only God. But consider this: the entire ocean is salt water, but every animal is fresh. When you get your fish, don't you have to put salt on it? When you get your fish, you have to put salt on it, right? Because it's fresh. It's clear. But one thing I like too is um, sometimes when you give something to your problem to the Lord, though, it's like sometimes it, it works out totally different from what you could have even thought to ask it, work it out this way. It, it works, you know, it can work out a lot better. I have not seen, <laughs> nor ear heard, <laughs> nor has the mind conceived. What God has in store for his children. I didn't even think it could work out mm -hmm. like that. Yep. It's better than you could even have imagined. You know, the Bible says man plans, but God determines the outcome. Okay, so you could, you could plan and you could pray and you could anticipate this, that, and the next, and God will just, God will just come in from left field and blow your mind. I happen to God, yes, there's nothing too big for God. The only thing that God cannot do is fail. He can't fail. Mm -hmm. uh, yep, and the Bible is God's blueprint for the believer. You know what a blueprint is, right? If you want to build something, you you draw a plan. You make a blueprint because so you want to know what you plan. Okay, we got another passage, Psalm uh, 111, verses 7 to 9 on page 32. Bottom of page 32. I want to take that one. Just three verses. Unifying. Successive Hebrews letter 
that is focused on God's work. It's like saying from A to Z, all God's will call for praise. Embraces seven sums zeroed in on the works of God as saying in history, justice, instruction, and redemption. We know of these things because he has revealed them through scripture. Divinely inspired will of God, and that will is trustworthy. The psalmist's statement, all his instructions are trustworthy, and a confession of trust and respect to God. And its application to his life. This passage reflects a divine agreement, the psalmist acknowledge both the covenant and the redemption established by God, but it was more than a mental acknowledgement. The psalmist wrote with absolute faith in the works and words of God. We also live in divine agreement when we are one with God on the same issue. We choose to see things from God's perspective. We can entrust difficult Decisions in our lives to God because His way, His instructions to us are trustworthy. The word of God stands forever and it empowers my war with Christ. Therefore, it is not enough to know the Bible intellectually. In fact, we don't really know the Bible until we encounter it. Experience Experientially. 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 We truly learn God's truth as we apply it to our lives. To that end, adopt one of these principles. The K-D principles. Know, know what the word says, then do what the word says. The M-A principle. Discover the meanings of the scripture, then apply that mm -hmm. meanings to your life. Mm -hmm. Only when you understand the meanings of scripture mm -hmm. do you do you do have the confidence to apply that meaning to your life. It is not enough to know about what God's redemption. We must experience it for ourselves. God's word is clear. We can never come into the right relationship with God. On our own, Romans 3, 10 to 12. Thankfully, God has sent redemption to his people. Through Jesus Christ's description, God's trustworthy instruction points us to Jesus, our Redeemer. Only God can redeem us. He has paid to Christ to set us free. It's get, it gets even better. The redemption God will lavish on his people. Cannot fail. It is confirmed by his covenant, the covenant he had obtained forever. Moses connected this covenant with God's love, or more specifically, his gracious covenant, loyalty, Deuteronomy 7 9. God's love is faithful even when we are unfaithful, because his covenant of love cannot fail. He brings us into his family. In a covenant to protect, provide, and commune with us. 
This covenant is not based on our performance, but on His redemption, accomplishment in Jesus Christ. Yes. The psalmist respond to the redemption and covenant was worship. His name in holy and not inspiring to the universe around us revealed in God who is old or inspiring and holy, set apart from his creation. Scripture reveals to the salvation and covenant of God aspects of his nature and character that are equally holy and inspiring. Like, like the psalmist, we should be drawn to worship him who loved us so. Okay, very good. Uh, uh, and so we see in these verses how we can discover how God reveals himself through his word. But notice the words of Oswald Chambers back on 33, page 33. The remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. So true, isn't it? Absolutely true. And many people can attest to that fact today because they're fearing a lot of things because they don't fear God himself. Okay, we have one other passage because uh, our time is rapidly going here. Um, but notice a uh, couple of things we uh, notice on page. This is a page. Well, let's look at uh, the other passage. Uh, one eleven, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his instructions have good insight. His praise endures forever. What does it mean to have fear of the Lord? The Hebrew word for fear in this passage is yirah. It means reverence and profound respect motivated by love. When we consider the extreme power and greatness of God and couple that with his unfailing love for us, we're moved to this type of fear. David showed us how to fear the Lord that I enter your house by the abundance of your faithful love. I bow down toward your holy temple in reverential awe of you. Psalm 5 7. Personally, I express this fear by beginning each day with these words God, what do you have for me today? I choose to make his priorities my priorities. I am sensitive to his leadership in my life because I stand in worshipful awe of his plan and his goodness in my life. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, go ahead. Question. Uh, okay. Just living. Living before our loving God with fear puts us on the path to wisdom. Ultimately, the greatest source of wisdom is in Christ, who is himself the truth. When I fear God, I see his plan for my life. And I see it is better than my plan. His plan includes living under the Lordship of Christ, so I entrust my life to him. Doubting the wisdom of God, thinking we know better, is a clear picture of what happens when we don't fear the Lord. Living without this fear of God is dangerous. We pivot to wisdom or wickedness according to our fear of God. Just as the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, so also a lack of godly fear is the beginning of wickedness. The fool says in his heart, there's no God, Psalm 
In his indictment against sinful humanity, Paul quoted Psalm 36, 1. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Romans 3.18. Three men in scripture found the wisdom that comes from fearing the Lord. Job. Before Job was restored by God, he expressed his reverential truth in the Lord. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn from evil is understanding. Job 28.28. David. David saw the restorative power of fearing the Lord. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. Psalm 19.9. Solomon. Solomon, the Bible's wisest man and author of the book of Proverbs, made some foolish mistakes, which he chronicled in the book of Ecclesiastes. At last, he arrived at this conclusion. When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this. Fear God and keep his commands, because this is for all humanity. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Mm. Numerous books tout wisdom. Yet the Bible says wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And this God-fearing wisdom shows us that right living is defined by a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That relationship changes everything. We not only can know God exists, but we can know God, walk with him, and live our lives grounded in his wisdom. Amen. Amen. So we see that knowing God is more than intellectual assent, but leads to a relationship with God that is absolutely transformative. It's intended to change our relationship, our life as a whole. Uh, these are some copies to go along with our study today. Um, it's called the reliability of the Bible. And you can put it in your study guides and um, use it as a reference to how the Bible can be trusted. Uh, why we should trust the reliability of the Bible. The textual record of God's word is strong and stable. The message of the Bible has been faithfully preserved and transmitted. Okay, and you can uh, take a few minutes to read that perhaps in your uh, private uh, quiet time uh, to be challenged with the reliability of the Bible. Um, our time is pretty much gone. But um, we noticed three individuals mentioned, Job, David, and Solomon. And we are quite aware of what transpired in the lives of those, those three characters that is used as an example here. And it should encourage us. Thank you. So knowing God and pursuing his wisdom takes more than simple lip service. The only ones who truly, truly benefit from his wisdom are those who follow his instruction. Can you benefit from anything if you don't follow instructions? Same with the Bible. We follow the instructions of God's word, we will find tremendous benefits. Okay, let's see how we can flesh this out. Page 37. As we leave here today, Helen Keller famously said to Philip Brooks about God, I always knew he was there, but I didn't know his name. 
God is in all places at all times. And he has revealed himself through creation, but most importantly, in his word. How will you acknowledge the existence and presence of God? Three areas. Talk a walk. Take a walk, sorry. Take a walk. You could talk a walk too. <laughs> you could talk the talk and walk the walk. Okay, but take a walk. Get outside and observe nature around you. Gaze up at the night sky. Look at all those stars. Consider how all that you see points to God. Give God the glory for his creation. And then read the word. Commit to regular reading of God's word. As you read and learn more about God, God and his ways, commit to live out the truths you discover. That's where you walk to walk and talk to talk. And then have a conversation. Discuss with someone why you are convinced God exists. Explain what he has revealed to you through the created order and through his word. You know, sometimes people can get a better, clearer understanding of God if you just explain to them what you saw, what you experienced. Because sometimes for them, that's beyond them. And it takes someone like them to be able to say to them, oh, you know what God said to me? You know what I saw the other day? You know what God revealed to me? For them to come to your level and say, you know, I didn't think about it like that. So let's do that. You have three options there. Talk, take a walk, read the word, and have a conversation. Read the word. Okay. So seek to know God in a personal way uh, and highly value God's word as a source of godly wisdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you for revealing yourself to us through your word and through your son, Jesus Christ. Give us your wisdom as we seek to follow you and obey your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.